Deion Sanders' comments about playing at an HBCU level should spark a scheduling change for JSU in the future. And also, Texas Southern took care of business and took care of Southern in the Arlington Football Showdown. Oh, yeah, it's locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one. Daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day, every day. And of course, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Let's get into today's episode because Deion Sanders, as much as he is one of the leading exponents for HBCU change and HBCU exposure, he also is going to say some things that is going to rub some people the wrong way. And that just comes with it. I've said it before and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. Deion Sanders is going to rub you the wrong way at some point because he says things that are uncomfortable, right? He says things that are uncomfortable, and sometimes they're progressive, and sometimes it just offends people. This is one that I think is, in a way, kind of a, a mixture of both, but Deion Sanders' comments about an HBCU level definitely got a rise out of some people, and it's going to be what it's going to be. Let's break down what was said, what it means, and then also why I believe his comments should directly lead to Jackson State changing how they schedule their games in the football season, right? So this is what he said at halftime after a tie ball game with Jackson State, something he was, or excuse me, with Grambling State. He was completely frustrated and irritated with it. This is what he said at halftime when asked about the speech that he was going to deliver to his team. He said, I have no idea right now. That's how upset I am. This is not indicative of who we are. We talk about dominating. We're not dominating. We just want to be good. We don't want to be great. We don't want to dominate and go pro. We cool. We're playing in the HBCU. We're cool with that. I want these guys to think outside the darn box. And we're just playing down to the level of who we're playing against. First and foremost, that message worked. Whatever iteration of that speech was then delivered to Jackson State in the locker room at halftime, it completely worked. So let's let's get that out the way right now. Whatever it took to motivate his guys, and I'm sure, I'm sure that that back half of the comment, right, after he said, really the whole comment, after he said, I'm not sure, that's how upset I am, I'm sure the, the frustration, the complacency that he, he perceives in his team, I'm sure all of those things were wrapped up into some sort of message whatever it was probably didn't sound just like this but it sounded pretty similar i'm sure they came out and they outscored grambling 45 to 7 so it came out and they dominated they did work they they were no longer cool just being good they wanted to be great so it did work but let's get into back into what was said and let's read it again because there's certain parts that upset people obviously nobody's upset with the fact that he said i have no idea right now that's how upset he is nobody nobody's really swayed by that 
He said, this is not indicative of who we are. We talk about dominating. We're not dominating. We just want to be good. We don't want to be great. All of that is cool. We don't want to dominate and go pro. We're cool. All of those things are good. But here is where I feel like a lot of people got upset. And listen, I know he said some things about Grambling afterwards. I'm not touching that. Okay. So um, I'm just not going to touch that topic. That's not what today's episode is about. Just get that out the way. I, I should have said that earlier. But here's the part where people got upset. We're playing in the HBCU and we're cool with that. I want these guys to think outside the darn box. We're just playing down to the level of who we're playing against. Now, you could say that he was just talking about Grambling, but he said we're playing in the HBCU and we're cool with that. And that's where people got upset because now they feel like he's just he's just taking shots at the HBCU level. And what this comes down to me is there's there's two type of advocates for the HBCU athletic landscape, right? There's those who will tell you that, hey, man, there's talent here. There's three. There's there, there's those who will tell you there's talent here. There's those who will tell you you can make it here. And there's kind of the mix of both. I'm a mix of both. But I preach more so that you can make it here because we need to bring in more talent. Like, that's just the truth of the matter, in my opinion, right? I wasn't offended. I'll be honest with you. This is my personal opinion. I'll get back to reporting. I personally was not really uh, offended by what Dion said, I, I get how it was offensive to, to people. I personally couldn't care less, right? Like, to me, he just was like, I want to dominate. I wish he didn't say it 100%. I wish he didn't say it, but I wasn't really offended by it personally, but I get why others were. And I think I'm more on the side, like I said, of you can make it here. Let's bring in people, you know. Um, that's what I would preach more. I believe both. Like, yeah, there's talent here. I 100% believe there's talent here. And that's why when it's draft season, I'm here advocating for our players. So there's talent at an HBCU. But I like to preach more so that you can make it here to bring some of the other talent here where you don't have to transfer in and things of that nature, right? I think that the, the it's talent here crowd was definitely upset. Definitely more upset than the you can make it here crowd. And I think that's the case because... You essentially just said there's not talent here. That's really what you what you kind of said when saying we're just at an HBC. We're cool with that. We're playing down to the level. Um, <laughs> and here goes a funny tweet, right? So uh, DNJ Trenton, that's his name. Letter D in letter D letter N letter J Trenton on Twitter. Um, I like this tweet uh, and I thought it was funny. So he says swag Twitter for the last 11 months. JSU ain't playing nobody. Everybody laughs. Deion Sanders yesterday. Because this was tweeted on, on Sunday. Uh, Deion Sanders yesterday. We ain't playing nobody. Y'all furious. A, the way that was delivered was different. But most importantly, because what he said was very fair. I thought that was a good tweet and it was a, a fair observation. But the difference between when everybody else was saying Jackson State isn't playing nobody and laughing and Deion Sanders saying it is not only that he's a coach and that he's talking about the talent that he's going against. It's the fact that when Swag Twitter was talking about it, it was a call to action. There is no call to action now, but I got it. I got it. If you want to fix all your problems, I got the solution, Dion. because it sounds like you believe that your players are complacent. It sounds like your players are playing, like you said, down to competition. Well, you can't play down to competition when you're playing teams like Villanova or Missouri State. You can't play down to competition when you're playing Incarnate Word. You name it five, six, seven. Those are where they're ranked nationally. So... If this is how you feel, right? This is this is how Deion Sanders feels. This is the quote. 
We're playing in the HBCU. We're cool with that. We want these guys to think out the darn box. We just playing down to the level of who we're playing against. Schedule better competition. That is the direct answer to it because I want you to think outside of the darn box that you set yourself, right? Nobody made you play Grambling. This is a conference opponent. They are in the SWAC. However, they were not a conference opponent for you. This is an out-of-conference game. This does not go on Jackson State's conference record. Nobody made you play this. Replace these type of games with games against teams like Missouri State, the number five team in the country. You're 11. This is somebody who there is no playing down to their level. If you want to interrupt the complacent feelings that it sounds like he thinks his teammates or his team has, go ahead and schedule some higher competition. You can't play down to the level of a team that's ranked higher than you. You can't have this mentality that, oh, we just cool or we just going to skate by. Because that's what it sounds like Deion Sanders believes. Deion Sanders sounds like he believes that Jackson State right now, or at least in the first half, was playing like a team who thought they could just skate by. Who thought they could play kind of, you know, calm. They didn't have to play with a sense of urgency. That's what it sounds like. My simple Fix to that, my call to action to that is, all right, let's go play some of these better FCS teams. Alcorn has done it, right? We just seen North Carolina Central play a top 25 team. Let's do it. That is my call to action. It's the direct fix to your, to your problem. You think your teams are complacent? You think they ain't feeling like they have to really play hard? Go get them a team that they have to play hard against. I promise you, I promise you, that if they're going against Villanova, they're not sitting here thinking they can just take it easy. Tennessee State did it. They played Eastern Washington. So to my JSU fans, I know that you're here. I know that you're here. Do you think that they can beat Eastern Washington? Do you think they can beat Villanova? you think they can beat Missouri State? I'm not saying that they can't. I think that's what they should be trying to do if you want to interrupt the feeling of complacency. And it's just that simple. Um, so maybe in the future, I don't know when scheduling gets gets all you know decided. Um, if, if maybe you can make a late time change or something, I don't know that aspect of it. When it comes time to schedule some new or to, to set up some new schedules, let's go and get some higher competition that interrupt, interrupt all of that complacency. Now, going forward, we're going to be talking about what was our game of the week, and that's Texas Southern versus Southern. And it was a shutout by my Texas Southern Tigers, baby. You see it in the background. We here. All right. 24-0, Texas Southern comes up with what could be perceived as an upset victory. And we'll talk about that as we go forward. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online to me is the best place. We're in the group chat. And I say, hey, the people are texting, hey guys, where do you guys put your money down? Where do you bet? And people had a couple of places. And I came in there for, and I said, no, strongly. I said, don't do it. You have to go to Bet Online. They have the best odds, the best props, the best lines than ever before. They have everything that you could possibly need if you're talking about putting money down on a nice Sunday afternoon when watching the greatest sport in the world, football. There's no better place for you to be. They're going to give you information so that if you want to actually feel educated on what you're putting money down on, Bet Online has that as well. They're going to have news. They're going to have uh, the best lines, the best odds, anything you could possibly want as a better is there, including the versatility to do basketball, esports, combat sports, whatever you want to do. Just make sure that you're doing it on Bet Online, where the game starts. Mm -hmm. 
As we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every single day. And today's word of the day is exponent referring to someone who is known for a particular method or style or someone who supports a particular cause or belief. That's Deion Sanders when it comes to trying to shake up the HBCU landscape. I don't always agree with how he does it, and a lot of people don't. But when you're that vocal, nobody's going to agree with you 100% of the time. And that just comes with the territory. Now, with that being said, what comes with the territory out here at Texas Southern, out here in the great state of Texas, right? I'm a little bit north of Houston now. I'm a little bit north of Houston now, but I'm still a proud tiger. And it's moments like this that I'm even more proud in my team. A 24 to nothing shutout of the Southern Jaguars in the Arlington football showdown. Man, if I told you that this game was 24 nothing, I guarantee you that at least 97.3% of you would have said that it was Southern who came out with the victory, who came out and shut it down. But it's okay. It's okay. Sometimes games like this just come out of nowhere like a Mike Evans cheap shot. But sometimes you just got to take it. This is just how it happens. And Texas Southern came out with an emphatic victory. And I was very proud of this team, right? I was very, honestly, let's get all the theatrics out. I was extremely proud of this team and the way that they were able to answer back. And I'm going to call back to the Prairie View game a couple of times in this because, yeah, they played UNT in between, but that's not really, that's not really a, uh, a game that I'm really taking too much stock in. I'm not thinking too much about it. Um, unfortunately, I was supposed to be at both of these TSU games, but for, for reasons I just wasn't able to make it. Um, um, we'll talk about that in a little bit. So when it's at the Southern thing, I'll talk about why I wasn't able to make it to this game. It's actually pretty exciting. But well, let's get into Texas Southern first. One streak has been broken. One streak gets another one added to it. And the streak that's been broken is Eric Dooley for the first time has lost to Texas Southern as a head coach. He didn't do that when he was at Prairie View. He got in that blue and gold. He got in that all gold uniform. And all of a sudden, TSU said, I got I got the kryptonite for you. And they did. And the streak that was extended is TSU is now on a two-game win streak against the Southern Jaguars. Um, one place that I truly did fail in the coverage of this game is I didn't go to my neighbor across the street and talk trash because he's a Southern Jaguar fan. Um, to my guy, Blue Dog. In there, he tried to talk trash to me. I told him I can't do it, but I can do it now. I'm getting all of this out the way. I'm talking a little bit of trash now because I couldn't do it before. I was I didn't want to jinx it because I felt confident against first PV. I, I I spoke too soon, right? I think I jinxed us. I didn't want to jinx us here. So uh, just a little bit, we got you. I ain't gonna talk too much because if I was really about it, I should have talked before. But this final score, 24-0, to me, it showed that TSU could do efficient, could have efficient offense in a really productive defense. And that's how they were able to win this game. Let's get the trash talk out and let's go ahead and get into the analysis of it. Coach McKinney was very emotional after the game. It looked as if he was fighting back tears. Um, shout out to Unfiltered Media with the video of that. A couple of Texas Southern guys really doing a thing. So shout out to them. Go support them as well. They have this clip. Um, I retweeted it so you could catch it on my Twitter. You see it at the bottom of the screen at South Exclusives. But I really thought that the emotion that Coach McKinney showed was important. It showed how much he believed in these guys. And and he talked about how they were final, finally able to see the fruits of the labor. And, and here's the thing. Texas Southern hasn't been successful in the in this in this McKinney era. But I know they've been working. So it's moments like this where last year that was an emphatic victory for TSU. This year it's an emotional victory for McKinney. You see what these type of games do. So 
that's why you see that the tears being fought back. That's why you see him, him kind of, he didn't physically or literally beat his chest, but you could see the pride that was just oozing out of him in this interview. And a large percentage of that is because they put in so much work and when they see it pay off in a game like this, it's prideful. He talked about that defense. That defense was something he took pride in. He said, man, y'all can, he don't, he don't want to hear any of the talk anymore because they just shut out Southern. And, and here's the thing. After the Prairie View lost, I think a large percentage of the conversation was around the defense and what they weren't able to do. And I won't ever sit here and act like I wasn't a part of it. I was critical, but I was, I was, I was sure and I was safe to say you have to see how it plays out. And when you go out here and you have the pass defense that you do, they have six interceptions on the season now. TSU is a very ball-productive team. They have six interceptions on the season. They had two interceptions against Prairie View. They only passed the ball six times. You're not going to have a team that passes the ball only six times again, right? So that's not what productive or a, a dominant pass defense was going to look like on a week-to-week -week basis. We set this going into the game, right? So that's a callback to Friday's episode. That's not what dominating was going to look like. However, instead of allowing a catch, because you didn't allow a single catch against Prairie View. Instead of that, you didn't allow a touchdown. Okay, we can take that. You also didn't allow them to have too much offensively as far as they got into the red zone a couple of times, but every time you did, you took the ball away. So you didn't allow them to have too much momentum because when they started getting things going, you were always stout. You had three interceptions on the day. You had Cedric uh, Williams, Perry Wells, and then also Charles George. So you picked off Southern three times. You picked off PV two times. You even picked off UNT one time. In every single game, you've had an interception, and that should bode well. And one thing they were able to pair with that, with that back-end coverage was the pass rush. For the first time, they got to the quarterback and brought him down. So they got four sacks in this game. And if you can pair D. Anderson and them boys on the defensive line, uh, Michael Atkins, or Akins, I think that's how you say it. Um, sorry if I mispronounced the name. I think it's Akin, Akins. Um, but you have all of those guys, if they can get active on the defensive line, that's only going to make the defensive back's job easier because now you're rushing the quarterback and now his time is going to have to rush. You have to cover for less time, but then the back end's already ball productive. They already get an interception. So you want all of that and some. So I think we talk about the pass defense and that's definitely strong, but then the run defense also did their thing outside of McCray getting loose. Wasn't nothing they could really do. The pass defense, for sure, the start. They intercepted McCray on his first pass of the game. Had three interceptions on the day. But that run defense is something that I was impressed with. And they really didn't allow anybody to get loose other than the quarterback. And that's something that you like. Now to the offense, Andrew Body missed his first pass. After that, he had 14 completions in a row. Right? So at one point, he was 0 for 1. Then he turned into 14 for 15. And in that span, they really jumped up. Afterwards, they only had to throw the ball five times. One of those touchdowns or one of those plays was a 53-yard touchdown bomb. So Derek Morton, Morton had 53-yard touchdown. A.J. Bennett had a 26-yard touchdown or his 26-yard catch and then also a touchdown. These are explosive plays, something that we referenced in on Friday's episode to where that running game is important. But maybe making plays in the passing game was going to be something that was really a difference maker. And it was for sure a difference between these two teams in this matchup. But now it's going to have people wondering, uh, what about Southern? All right, well, let's talk about what about Southern as we continue with Locked on HBCU.
As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, let's talk about Southern. This game was not played on air, even though there was no offense or at least no touchdowns or any scoring drives from Southern. They were on the other side. So what about Southern? What about them, right? I said it. I feel like Texas Southern is a talented team. Texas Southern, the Tigers. I think I think they're a talented team. I said that coming into this game, and I know they lost to Prairie View, and that's a that's a game that, that really hurts the heart because that's the rival, right? But it's only one game. It might feel like two, three games because it's a, it's a rival in, in the Panthers, but it's only one game. I said that this is a talented team. I said that leading up to this game. I said this after the first week. This is how I felt. Um, you have an offense with a quarterback who you know can pass. I trust the running game. I trust that the running backs can get active. So I feel like they have a balanced offense. They can really make some noise on both sides. Defensively, they have ball productive cornerbacks. I think in the passing game, you really have to watch out and see, you know what, we might get some things going, but you always have to watch out for Perry Wells. You always have to watch out for Isaiah Hamilton. You never know what they're going to do. And you see how I can do that? You see how I can sit here and I can feel confident in my statements about TSU, it's not because I'm an alumni. It's because I've seen multiple games. It's because I've actually seen things from them that feel like trends. I know we're talking about Southern, but I can't make those type of statements as confidently about the Jaguars. I can't because they play an NAIA school. You play Florida Memorial. Then you play a Power 5 school. You play LSU. It's great for the culture, but it's not really great for assessing your team. It's not really that. So now leading into this game, one of our two storylines, because this was our game of the week. So we're going to continue to call back to it. One of the storylines is who is Southern? Now, I could sit here and tell you I don't know, but that would be a failure on me. That's not why you come in here and you listen to what I have to say. So I'm going to make some soft, some very soft conclusions about the Jaguars. And the reason they're soft is because this is the first time we're really getting able to know them these are the type of games i want to see week one week two some fcs opponents because i'm talking about southern, let's use south carolina they play ucf i'm like i don't really know how much i can say about their game against ucf then they come in and play bethune and now i feel like i can make some confident statements and it's always easier to make a statement when it and when it um kind of gives itself to what you already believed this didn't give itself to what we believed about southern so now I feel like I can make strong conclusions about Texas Southern, but when it comes to Southern, I feel like I can still kind of form excuses. I can still kind of say, well, this could be one-off. This could be a bad game. This is my soft conclusion, though. I think that they are a team who needs to be up. I don't want to say they're front runners to where their ego gets down, but their style of play, to me, just lends itself better to close games and games where you're winning. And that's because I don't know if they know their offensive identity I trust that they can get it done. Let's read off some of these offensive stats, right? They had three drives that were over 60 yards. So they were moving the ball. They had multiple red zone trips. So they were getting in Texas Southern territory. And then also you're looking at multiple plays where you're in downs. You got to the one yard line, but it's a goal line stand. You're making some headway. You're just not making the critical plays when it comes to that offensive you know, output. So that's what it really is. And you had three interceptions. That's going to be a little bit concerning. If you're not down, once you get down 14, 21, nothing, now you're having to put the ball in the air. 
And this is why I think they're better suited for close games and games where they're winning because I have more trust in the fact that they can run the ball. I think that Eric Dooley is a great offensive mind. You have the history of Dooley, and then you also have the production in this game. If you just take away the score, if you take away the fact that they did not score and just look at the drive, you say, oh, you're getting some good drives going. You can get some offensive production. So there's reasons to believe that there is um, some positivity that should be taken from this offensive performance. However, we're three weeks in. This is where scheduling kind of comes and bites you. You have this kind of a clunker. You face two teams that we can't really have an opinion on you about. And then you have a bye week. We're not really going to be forming an opinion about Southern until week five. I hate that. I can't go into week five still questioning who you are. That does not make me feel comfortable, right? So if I have to find an identity for this team, I'm likely leaning to the defense. The offense has Eric Dooley. That's his bread and butter. Um, I think that they can run the ball. But it's, it's still a question mark. With the defense, I kind of feel like I know. And it's weird to say that when you allow 24 points. But after the first three drives, they didn't really allow much. Right? So the first three drives for Texas Southern go touchdown, missed um, field goal attempt, and then another touchdown. So after that, they were able to score 10 points. Only three of those points came in the second half. And outside of those three points, there was only two drives. One was a 53-yard bomb by Andrew Boddy. Um, another one was the field goal where they actually had a drive. So you had an explosive play allowed and you had an actual drive for basically the next 40 minutes of the game. That's a pretty defensive, uh, a pretty good defensive output. And then also you have Jordan Lewis. As long as you got Jordan Lewis on the edge, I'm feeling all right. He's one of the best players in the FCS level. He's one of the best players in the SWAT, right? So I think that this is a team that, you know, you might want to have some some better defensive performances, maybe not let them get up on you early, but that also feeds into the defense. Right now you have Jordan Lewis, Jordan Lewis, Jason Dumas, and you have a couple of guys in the backfield who I think can be some pretty good players. You might want to hope that the defense stands up early, a little better than they did early in this game, and then hopefully you can run the ball and cut out some of those per- those turnovers. But you're going into a bye week and you got UAPB in week five, we're starting to form an opinion on Southern. By no means do I think this should be the final opinion on them. So this is just a good bar. Um, I told you I would tell you why I wasn't able to make this game. Um, unfortunately, I did not get my credentials in enough time. I did eventually get them. But by the time that I got them, I got a wonderful opportunity. Um, this or last weekend, I was able to call my first ever collegiate game. I called the NJCAA game of the week between Trinity Valley in Tyler Junior College. Um, it was a phenomenal experience. That game is still on ESPN+. Plus. Thank you to everybody who did tune in, supported it. Saw it on my Twitter. I, I put a couple of pictures on my Twitter and my Instagram just from the experience. And it was the first time I ever done this. It was the first time I ever did it. Um, you can find it on ESPN+. Plus. It was definitely a fun experience. So because I did that, I had to take the drive out to Tyler and I was not able to watch this game or be at this game. So Unfortunately, that was the case, but it also was kind of a blessing in disguise. So hopefully um, I am able to catch this Texas Southern game coming against UTSA. Fingers crossed we're looking for some credentials on that, and I will keep you posted. But I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day for your second listen of the day, go watch Trinity Valley versus Tyler Junior College.
No, I'm joking. But uh, on a serious note, for your second listen of the day, make sure you're checking out all of our conference shows because they are killing the gang. Go check out Candace Cooper at Locked On ACC, friend of the show. Go check out Locked On Pac-12, Locked On SEC, Locked On Sunbelt, Locked On Big 12. They are doing great things on our conference shows on the Locked On Podcast Network. Tomorrow's episode, we're going to be talking about North Carolina Central. I think that they deserve to now be considered the top dog in the MEAC. And I'm going to tell you why on tomorrow's episode. And I appreciate you. In the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Wow, I was too far over. This is my first time trying to point to the graphic in a while. But y'all see it at South Exclusives, lower third. In the meantime, in between time, to the next time that we hear each other, family. Take care. Stay blessed. Peace.